Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly, along with Chuck Davidson, I'm Lyle Stokes. Tonight's show presented by Whiskerware Apparel. We have, uh, tonight we have Brad Stout on. Uh, we'll get to him in just a second, and uh, I know everybody's got some questions they want to ask Brad, and, and I'm sure he'll address all of them. Chuck, how'd you do over the weekend? Um, I didn't go, I just went bait fishing. Um I came home with about a hundred and thirty something uh, skipjacks. Uh, probably about a hundred of them are really good size, so I should have enough bait to last me, you know, for half the winter or so. But uh, I need to get back up there and get some more while the getting's good, because they're going to be gone here pretty soon for the winter. So it's going to so, be. So uh, you you saving them up to bring me some down to the monsters? Uh, I, I bring. <laughs> <laughs> they, these, you know, these Alabama skipjack—they don't work up there on in the Ohio River. So. Oh, really? <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Brad. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Awesome. We're sure proud to have you on. Uh, I'm sure Chuck has got some uh, questions for you, so we're gonna—I'm gonna go ahead and turn you over to him, and we'll go ahead and get started. Yeah, yeah, Brad. Uh, there's your video okay. right there. I love that video. It's, uh, I mean, it's just so so hands-on is what I call it. I mean, it's just something you can almost textbook study by, and you know the way these guys are breaking down and explaining everything, um, you know, just made it so much easier for me to go out and want to try it. And, uh, you know, even after I would go out and do a little bit of bouncing after watching the video, I could come back and, and watch it again and, and pick up on some things that I really didn't notice before and some things that I noticed that I was doing wrong. Um, you know, you can just watch them and you're like, man, how they do this? I'm getting tired already. Then the next time I come in and watch, I said, oh, he's holding it like this. Let me try to hold it like this. And, uh, you know, it just got... I just got more comfortable with the bouncing, and I'm really glad you included this on the video because uh, this is one of the only uh, videos that I found that explained it good enough that I wanted to go out and try it and, and probably get getting pretty good at it. Um, well, that was one of our number one goals in, in making the video is, is a teaching tool to go catch good trophy size catfish or just to consistently catch catfish you know the techniques work for small fish too yeah um, was most of these clips uh, or all the clips shot on the Mississippi River or what bodies of water did y'all cover in this video we did primarily film everything uh, on the Mississippi River um, I'm trying to think back because it's been, uh, we started shooting this thing back in 07 maybe, something like that, but I think we filmed everything on the Mississippi River, but the techniques, you know, are much the same on any body of river, and I've, I've used them myself, you know, and they'll, they'll transfer. You just got a little bit more current on the Mississippi River. Right, you know, but I, I've talked to a lot of guys, and, um, I, you know, the the rivers here, you know, is pretty much controlled by the, you know, the, the hydroelectric dams. And, you know, the, the Mississippi River is, uh, you know, if you don't learn these techniques that these guys are doing on that river, um, it's hard to use what we usually use here locally, the, the regular uh, controlled drifting and stuff, uh, to be able to compete, like in these tournaments coming up on the uh, – the Tennessee River Monster Tournament next October or September. Um, you know, this video right here is going to be a great asset for the guys who need to, you know, watch these guys back bounce and uh, learn these techniques that's got to be used on the Mississippi River to try to win. Absolutely. That that drift fishing, when I started doing that, I started putting more fish in the boat and it was a whole lot easier on me than picking that anchor up because that's all I knew for years. Although you could catch a lot of big fish that way, 
it, when you do hook a big one on the Mississippi River, we'd have our anchor line hooked to a big buoy, and we'd have to reel in the other poles and you know go down the river and, and land the fish because you couldn't pull him up stream. You know, he was just too large. So you had all that time invested in getting him landed, and then uh, and that put extra stress on him too. But then you come back, and by the time you got anchored up and threw back out, uh, you know, it was it was quite, you know, 20 or 30 minute ordeal there. So the drift fishing, you know, you could have two on at one time and land them easily. Yeah, it uh, it it looked like when I was watching the Maskingales on the video, and they would have to uh, throw the anchor buoy, you know, and and then chase the fish down and get it in the boat and go back and try to reconnect to the anchor. Um, and then you watch the guys that were uh, drifting and bouncing, uh, you know, the, the fish they'd right with them with the current, and they didn't have hardly as much trouble as the guys anchoring. That was very obvious on the side-by-side uh, -side comparison you're able to see on this video. Um, yeah, I want to ask you about the uh, the fish that you caught to become a member of the 100-pound club. Um, tell us a little bit about that and the type of the conditions you were under and stuff when you caught that fish. Well, it was in August. Uh, we got fresh bait at the time. Of course, that, that's for anybody in the summertime. Fresh bait's available. You know, that's a key to catching big fish is having good bait. So we were scouting a place. I had a couple of buddies with me on this trip, and I was in the process of, of doing this video, so it's kind of a testament to how well the video teaches or these guys teach. Let me say that. I had been in the boat with James Big Cat Patterson, and I'd been in the boat with Phil King and uh, Tim Haney, and, of course, been in the boat with the Massengills. Now, any of those guys has got to rub off on you just a little bit, you know, for knowledge. But, anyway, this was in August, and we had just started the video filming earlier that summer. So I was actually putting in some of the techniques, you know, that I'd been learning just by being on here filming. So we were drift fishing uh, on the Mississippi River in the Helena area. That's a place that I put in a lot and fish that area or part of the river. So uh, on our second drift, um, I hooked into him. We had made one drift down through there. And if you're a drift fisherman, you kind of know you go through little pockets of fish. You'll, you'll come through some, and, and everybody will get bit there. You know, maybe I got a bite, and I hooked one, and I missed mine. And then you'll go another little section, maybe 100 yards or, you know, maybe a quarter of a mile. I don't know. It just varies, but it was kind of that deal where we went through a little pocket of fish. We boated a 20-pounder and had another good one on, went a little ways on down, and uh, caught an 8-pounder, 10-pounder. So I told the guys, I said, let's run back up where we got those better bites. Uh, what my experience tells me is big fish kind of hang with big fish, and little fish kind of hang with little fish. Now, I'm calling little fish 8-10 pounders which a lot of people, you know, consider that a, a medium size to big. But anyway, we pulled back up, and, and it didn't take long, and I felt one grab my bait. And uh, the fight wasn't on immediately, but when I picked up on him, I moved him probably 10 foot off the bottom. And I'm probably in three-mile-an-hour current, or two-and-a-half. So I pulled up on him. I could tell he just felt like a big old sponge on there, but you could feel him swimming a little bit. I told the guys here, I said, I think I got something probably in the 40-pound range because we'd caught several of those before. So the fight went on just a little bit. He kind of showed me just a little bit of what he was. And uh, I said, ah, he may be 50. <laughs> and then uh, he showed out a little bit more the more I pulled on him. And I said, maybe 60. You know, he's stripping drag a little bit. And then all of a sudden, he just, I guess he just finally realized he was hooked and he took off towards the middle of the river, and uh, he was screaming drag. And I said, boys, I'm going to quit guessing, but he's big. So the fight was on, and it probably went 10 or 15 minutes. He really made some big power runs, 10 to 15 power runs. 
and he just give himself out. So I just played with, you know, just played him down, didn't try to horse him. I loosened my drag off because when he took off, he took off really, really fast, and I was just afraid he'd rip out. And luckily, my drag was just, it stayed smooth. It didn't, it didn't catch. If it would have caught, he would have snapped my line for sure. Y'all want to see a picture of him? Yeah, let me see a picture of him. I'll try to hold this up here where you can see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if the guys couldn't stand up with it. Yeah, they 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 gotta order the video to get it more clear than that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um so But he was a lot of fun and when he rolled up out of that big you know, that big side rolled up out of that muddy water, it almost scared you. Uh he didn't even look like a catfish. He was so big there he, he looked like a manatee. And uh, we just almost didn't get him in the boat because he just wouldn't go in that dip net. And I had the the big net for the hundred pound fish when I when I ordered it, and he still had trouble going in there. He had to double up. And and you had the rod in your hand when he took the bait. You was actually doing a bounce a back bounce type uh, technique or something like that when you caught the fish. Yes, I I had the. You know the pole, just like when when you get the video, I had the same setup that James Patterson uses, which is just a quantum rod and a quantum reel, and it's just about what a bass fisherman would use on the size of it. Although you know I spool with 80 pound main line and use 50 pound leaders, but the rod's no bigger, you know, than what a bass guy would use. So when you hook one, it's just it's just a world of fun. Oh yeah. Um, well, so you said you was probably in uh, two mi uh, two mile an hour current somewhere in that range um, when you caught the fish. Uh, do you think it would have been a much different story if you would have been anchoring instead of uh, drifting? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, it would have been hurry and get the rods in, boys. We got to go south because he would have been stripping drag. And, you know, if you don't get down, get the floating down with him, you know, all your line is going to be going off your reel pretty soon. So you got to you gotta have that anchor line built on a buoy. And we show that on the video so people will know what we're talking about. So, you know, when you get a big fish on, you don't have time to pull upstream and get your anchor off the bottom and all that. Uh, plus, you don't want to pull your anchor up because you... If you just caught one big fish right there, you know, it's a good chance you can re-anchor. Just go back down to your buoy and go back to fishing. You know, a lot of times you'll you'll pull two or three big fish out of one hole. Great information. Um, so most most of the fishing, was it done uh, up in the, like the Memphis area, or did y'all get down around Tunica, or what areas did y'all do most of the filming in? Oh, yeah, we fished the big section. I guess we was from close to Crothersville, Missouri, and we were down to Tunica, yeah, in that stretch of river. That's quite a bit of river, but uh, all through there. Yeah, that's yeah, that's some real. I've never got to fish the Mississippi yet. I've, um, I've signed up for a tournament next year, and it, um, I've got to get this down. I'm, I'm already concentrating on it. Uh, a lot of these guys that fish the heavier currents have a big advantage over me, so um, I guess I'm going to have to try to make my own current or something and learn it. I'll just get right below the dams and, and try it there at, at them places and stuff. But uh, Yeah, that having a big uh, monster catfish hit while you've got the rod in your hand, I've never been able to have that experience, and that's just something I want to... Um, to be able to experience one time, have a real big, nice fish hit while I'm actually holding the rod and, um, you know, I want to feel him take the bait. Um, well, you know, on the hit itself, he just he just sucked it in. Uh, there really wasn't no big yank. Now, I get some of my hardest hits out of 15 to 20-pound fish, but the big boys, they usually... 
from my experience, they just stop the bait. You know, they're so big they don't they don't have to run it down. You know, they just open their big old mouth and suck it right in. Now you will feel a pretty good thump uh, a lot of times, but generally the big fish I've caught it's just been, you know, you'll feel it thump and slack will go in your line and and be ready when you tighten up because you may need both hands when you pull or he will yank it out of your pole. How do you hand? Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about on the in Gulf because I was watching a video of the catfish in uh, one of the Bass Pro tanks, and it showed him engulf a bait. I mean, the bait was just right in front of it. He opened his mouth, and it's just like it was a vacuum. It pulled the the bait that uh, fish right in his mouth, um, and that, that that describes exactly what you felt. You know, when when I, you was talking about that, just watching that. Right. Big blue catfish just engulf it. Okay, Brad, I'm gonna pass you off the and line. When you're anchor fishing, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say when you're anchor fishing, much of the time your your big boys and and all the tournament guys, we all talk about this slow pull down where your your rod's sitting here and it just kind of eases on down. That's what you want to see. I have had some big ones just slam it. But a lot of times the big boys, he'll just pull it. You just got that slow pull down, and that, that's what you get excited about. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to pass you off to Lyle. I'm, I'm sure he's got plenty, and uh, I've got a little bit for you before you get off. So, um, all right, Lyle. Okay. Hey, uh, Brad, Chad Wall would like to know that when you're drifting to Mississippi, how much different is your boat speed compared to speed of current? A good rule of thumb, just cut it in half. If you got a three mile an hour current, just try to run your, your GPS. You want it to say 1.5. That'd be a good rule of thumb to start right there. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, Jason would like to know uh, what size boat and motor do you require, do you feel like needs to be used on the Mississippi River? On the Mississippi, uh, I don't know if you can get too big. <laughs> That's a big old river now, a lot of current. Uh, I feel real safe in a 20-foot boat. I run a Sea Arc. Uh, it's a 15-degree V-hole, and it's a 72-inch wide boat. But I've been on there with 16-footers. Uh, when the river's low like it is right now, you're pretty safe. And when you're drifting, you're a lot safer than anchoring. Anytime you tie yourself to the bottom of the river, you create a lot more obstacles, you know, a lot more situations for a dangerous situation. But when you're drifting out there, you know, you're free floating. you got barges coming. You can get out of the way real easy. So, you know, I'll, this time of year with the low river like this, I would fish it in a 16-foot boat and feel real comfortable. That That's, uh, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. I... I I'm not sure uh, anymore that I would be out there on the, on the, the Mississippi, Missouri, either one in anything smaller than 16 foot, and I would prefer it to be a wide uh, boat instead of a river or lake john, something like that. But, uh, you know, I, there was a guy fishing a tournament we had up the other day with a 25-horse motor and 16-foot boat. He had zero problems. Uh, you know, so it, it's just pretty much, uh, you know, what you're comfortable with and the experience that you have on the water is kind of the way I look at it. We uh, also have a guy that is interested in knowing how to purchase the Catfish Dream Team video. Well, we, you can go on our website and it's action outdoorsproducts.com and then of course we have it on eBay also and uh, Amazon but you can go through the website there would be the best way to go about it and that's Action Outdoors Products be sure and get that S on the end of Action Outdoors and Products 
Good deal. Good deal. You know, I, I have one of those videos, and I've watched that thing countless numbers of time. And I mean, you you got some of the best people in the catfishing industry on the on that first video, and and it was very informative. Uh, the uh, knowledge that these guys shared, uh, not only with how to, how they was fishing and rigs they used, and uh, anchor fishing and drift fishing and, and they explain stuff like uh, is not on any other video that I'm aware of and uh, you know that's that's a pretty cool thing well that was our like I said earlier that was our main goal <coughs> is to get the knowledge out there and who better to get it from than uh, Phil King Patterson uh, <laughs> The Massingale boys. I mean, those guys. We got to know them in the tournaments, but they were beating us so bad. That's how we got to know them. So, uh, you know, we just kind of formulated a team there. Uh, we went to the guys and said, "Would you like to be a part of this? Here's our goal. We want to put some big fish in the boat, but we also want to tell how to do it." And you know, every time I got in the boat. To film with these guys, I said, now, if you have any major secrets and don't want to share them, I understand, but please show what you can or be willing to. And you know, not one of the guys said, well, I'm going to hold this back, make sure don't show that. None of them said that. They said, hey, we're here to help, and we want to help promote and grow the catfish industry and help other guys see how to catch these big fish. And, you know, it's so much fun. We, I guess... Uh, and, and we're all kind of this way, you guys with the show, you know, trying to get the information out. We want everybody to experience the big pull of these big fish and just how much fun they are to catch. I mean, how many freshwater fish can you run and catch and have the potential of a triple-digit fish? Well, and, and, you know, the more people that we got interested in, in catching fish like that, the more of them will look at the fact that if we don't get the regulations put in effect to preserve some of them, that we won't have them one day. And uh, the more people that enjoy catching them, the more that will help us uh, later on with regulations and things that we so desperately need on the big river systems. Um, you know, we was talking earlier, and I know that you're in the process now of doing a, uh, a new video. Uh, would you like to talk about that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I had it running on the background. Let me, uh, let me come around here and get started. There we go. Uh, what we're doing right now is we've got another video coming together, and we focus on a lot more variety this time as far as conditions. Uh, we got river fishing. And we've also got lake fishing this time, which we didn't do on our last one. So that's going to be quite interesting. We, we teamed up again with Bill King and Tim Haney, and we traveled to some of their home ground waters over on Pickwick in Tennessee, and he chose us three different styles. Now you'll see there uh, a little bit of a guy you may know. That's Bill Dance, <laughs> and uh, he's going to be a big part of this video too. And he catches a... Uh, 55-pound blue, I think, and uh, one again in the 30s and some more. And it gives George Young uh, and Carrie a hard time. So it's going to be a lot of fun on that. And we also have the Massingill boys. They're going. We just got in the boat with them, and they just went through some good tips just to help everybody to get going. You know, how to anywhere from looking at your depth finder to how they hook different baits up. Um, Anytime those boys start talking and giving tips, hey, it's worth listening to because they have proven it through their tournament record. But we got to also going to show how to just catch anywhere from the big fish to the little fish. So we're we're doing more variety this time because you know not everybody may not want to go catch a great big fish. They may want to just go to the local pond and maybe somebody that doesn't fish a lot. So we're going to go up over some of the basics just to how to simply hook up maybe a simple three-way rig and uh, go to your local pond and catch a mess of you know, catfish for the supper table that night. 
That, that sounds like another great video. I can't wait to get it. In fact, as soon as you have it ready to go and all done, send me a message and I'll order one right up. Um, Brad, Robert Tallman uh, would like to know, um, do you ever have success in slow or no current rivers? And if you do, what's your approach to those situations? Well, I don't fish too much in slow current. Uh, in fact, the first lake I had ever actually fished was this spring, and we went to Wheeler Lake, Alabama, and fished the Sea Arc tournament. And uh, we kind of had some ideas on how to go about it, and and then had a lot of help from some of the tournament guys. It just, you know, these are good guys, uh, even though we're competing against them. Uh, you know, they're all for, you know, Jeff Dodd, Chris Stout, all them guys, you know, they told us, they said, hey, just get out there and turn that trolling motor on and, and go. So that's what we did, and we found some fish. Uh, I think we come in eighth place, and we were real happy with that uh, as far as, you know, being the first time on a lake. So any river or lake situation, I think I would just drift it if I could, if it didn't have too many snags in it. If not, you know, just just anchor. But remember, when you anchor, don't spend too much time there. You know, throw your baits out, give yourself 20 minutes, and if you're not getting, you know, anything by then, you know, move on and, and cover a lot of ground. And that's what you want to do, drifting. Also, you know, you're covering ground constantly. So uh, same way with anchoring. You know, just just move around. You may move 10, 15 times that day, but uh, if you ever get in them, then you may not never have to move again. I agree with that 100%. You know, uh, we was talking before the show, and you and I had visited uh, one day last week, and, and uh, we was talking about one of our, our guys that we both know, uh, uh, Dodd, Jeff Dodd. And, uh, you know, Jeff is a great competitor. He's a really super guy, and, uh, you know, Earlier we was talking about, you know, everybody kind of gives him a line of crap, but, you know, uh, Jeff likes to dish that out a little bit himself. Yeah, I'm sure that you're aware of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, he can dish it out really good. So <laughs> I think that's why he takes it so well. Well, we were, it is. Uh, it, it come daylight on us up there. We was above St. Louis one day up there, and we all got you know, shot out there when we was on a tournament, and we eased up there to the spot, and there was another boat easing in about the same time, look, and there's old Jeff, so we we go to the same spot a lot of times. He, he accused us of thinking just alike. So we both caught pretty big fish beside each other, so it was all, it was all fun and dandy. Yeah, he's a great guy now. Uh, am I correct to, to assume that you live fairly close to Jason and Daryl Massingill? I do, yeah. Just a little over an hour's drive. I don't live too far from them at all. Yep. I, I thought that was right, and, and uh, those are some more of the really good guys. Um, how, many, how much tournament fishing do you actually do, Brad? Well, not as much as I'd like to. We'll go, we'll go to the Sea Arc tournament every year. That's a real good tournament to fish. And then we'll fish a Memphis tournament or a Tunica tournament right here in our, you know, close to home, which is a hundred-mile drive for me still to get to the Mississippi. But you know, that's what I feel comfortable and confident in. And and we generally do, generally do you know well in places that we know we're pretty good. So uh, we don't travel a whole lot. I've got I've got three small kids, so it's hard for me to get away sometime a long ways. But you know, we'd like to do more tournaments in the future. But we you know, we'll fish the Carothersville tournament. They used to have it up there pretty often. Uh we're wanting to get to New Madrid sometime, start fishing that. I hear that's a good tournament. Yeah, do bad too much. Not as much as we like. Some of the guys that fish the New Madrid tournament think that it's one of the better tournaments uh, put on in the in the U.S., especially in the mid portion of the United States. And if you're fishing down down in the boot hill there, you surely run into my old buddy Rustin Bohr. 
Well, I've seen him around, but not. I never did see him on the Mississippi. Really? He kind of lives there. Russ has been pretty busy this year. He hasn't got to fish too much, and the water's been kind of bad. But you know, uh, he he's he fits right in there with Daryl and Jason and Jeff Dodd. You know, he's kind of full of it, and he's just a really good guy. And uh, he's the kind of guy that we all want in the sport. And and a wrestler. If you ever meet him, you'll never forget him. He's just that way. When when do you uh, have a anticipated date on getting your uh, new video out? Oh, I moved my date back so much. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, right now, I'm I'm busy on other video projects uh, and different things. You know, uh, it's just hard to say. I have to work on this at nighttime and on the weekends and on the side. Uh, and we've got a little bit more filming to do, so we're we're waiting for better weather on that. Uh, it's hard to say, but. What we want to do is not rush out there and get something just, you know, completed real quick. Uh, we want it to be right, and we want it to have some good information in there. And when, you know, people spend their money with, you know, to buy the video, we want them to get their money's worth and then some, and be able to take the, you know, the information that we put on the video and and actually go be a better fisherman uh, right away. You know, use the techniques. We want them simple and clear. Uh, and it, it should be something for everybody. Oh, there's no question. The last one, like I say, I watched it repeatedly. I enjoy it very much, and each time I pick it up. I, I, I tell you, I have watched that video so much, I almost feel like I should know James Patterson when I see him, and I've never met him, but I feel like that would be a trip that I would enjoy, uh, would be taking a trip with Jim Patterson. I think he would be a great guy to fish with. Oh, he is. He is. A, he is a hoot, especially out on the river. And then when he gets a good one on, he gets just excited. Just like, just <laughs> like it's his first one he caught again. You know, on the video, another thing I was going to tell you about. Uh, last time we had it pretty close to done, and we decided to, to instead of getting it out on the market, to build that underground. Oh, let me back up. That underwater graphic that actually shows what the line is doing on the bottom of the river as your sinkers, you know, bouncing down through there. And I think that that gives a lot of people a better uh, idea of actually what's going on with your bait because I can put new people in the boat with me and I can tell them what's going on and they still don't, don't envision it. But if I explain it to them on the bank before we ever put the boat in and, and stretch my pole out and, and make the sinker bounce, you know, they can see it then. So that was the idea behind getting that underwater graphic on there and, and letting it show exactly how that line's pulling out with the current. And that exactly. stuff takes a long time to build, by the way. I, I worked <laughs> on that underwater graphic for four months. I'm quite sure you did. I'm quite sure you did. That, you know, and like I say, that, that video has so much information in it that you have got to repeatedly watch it and to catch all the stuff that's in there because, you know, Phil King talks about uh, uh, the way he sells hooks and why he does it that way. And, and that's information that you rarely get from anybody uh, besides a Phil King or a Jim Patterson or a Tim Haney or somebody like that. I mean, uh, you know, everybody doesn't share that information and those guys don't mind doing it. And I see that you have a rig. Are you going to share some stuff with us? Yeah, I'll show you. This is, and I learned this from Phil King on the river that day when he did it on the camera. And I actually went and got my video off the shelf <laughs> and had to watch this a few times before I ever got it. But this is the snail knot, and, and it increases your chances of, of a good hookup. And he had the percentage down, but I can't remember it now. I think he tells it on the video. But I've got an overgrown hook here that I made a piece of shoe, shoe string, so hopefully we can see this. But go in the front of your hook and lay that line on the back of the shank. And then let's just wrap it up. And I do eight to ten times. Wrap that up. Now here's the key. You want to go with your tag in, go in the back, and come out the front. 
And what that does is, we tell this on the video uh, real plain. I don't know if it'll show up here, but when you put pressure on that, that makes that hook want to curl up into the catfish's lip. So if I put tension, when I pull up from the front right here, it's curling up. So your hookups will be better if you'll use that snail knot. That's a real good knot. I've been using it for years and years, and uh, I didn't realize that it would raise the hookup like that until I watched that show, but you know, uh, Phil King uses it. It's probably for, probably good enough for anybody. Yeah. We um we have a lot of, of people on the show that are that like to do video uh, recordings or record their own trips or. Uh, you know, try to do that stuff, to, you know, not to make videos with, but for personal stuff and to share on on uh, Facebook and stuff. Do you have any tips uh, for those guys? Uh, for making video on there, yeah, just, just try to get close with your camera and you get better audio that way. Uh, if you've got wind, uh, try to put your where the wind's hitting you in the back because it'll really mess up your audio. If you can't do that, I've you know I've taken things uh, like I don't know you can take an umbrella and kind of shield the wind off of you. Just just little tips like that. And uh, if you could invest in a wireless microphone, that's what we use. But the wind is always tough out there to get it out of your audio. Do you think that the, uh, the the wireless mics, you know, are you talking about the ones that you put on your shirt and stuff? Yes. Yeah. It, and it's a little bit of an investment, but it really makes your videos a, a lot better because your audio is clean generally, especially yeah. if you, you know, shield it. You can put it under your shirt and kind of block the wind off or your jacket. Okay. Good. But Good. Great. Yeah, your audio, sometimes it's the hardest thing to to figure out out on, out on the river. A lot of times you just have a, you know, you always have a, a little bit of a wind generally out there. It don't right. take much. Right. What about what about putting foam over it, uh, a foam ball or something over a mic? Does that really help? It does. They make some good, uh, you know, windproof. Now, sometimes they're, they're kind of big. They're big fuzzy. And the bigger they are, the better they can work. Uh, it might look like you got a small possum pin there to your shirt, but <laughs> it makes for better audio. Well, and that's what everybody wants is the best quality they can possibly get, uh, whether it be for YouTube or or uh, Facebook or whether they're you know like you and I, and you have to have that quality with what you're doing. You you just have to. So, uh, are you going to be fishing the monsters on the Ohio this year? I cannot make it this year. Uh, I just had too much going on. Well, you know, I, I talked to you about this the other day a little bit when you and I was on the phone, but uh, I know that you have fished with Chris Stout uh, some uh, tournaments and different things. And uh, now, is it, my recollection, uh, you all are not related. You just fish together sometimes. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, we just kind of we share the same last name, but no relation. Uh, it was kind of a, a funny little contest we had going on. We fished an Osceola tournament there a couple of times, and we was kidding the Massingill boys about the Stout boys was after them. Of course, they uh, <laughs> they beat us, but we uh, we stayed close to them. We made them at least catch an honest amount of fish to win. <laughs> Well, they do do their share of winning, I, and you know, like I say, they're they're great guys for the sport, and and uh, you know, we're all proud to be be friends with them and stuff. But uh, you know, they're tough competitors, and uh, they got their stuff together. Just uh, just about every time they put the boat in the water, they're gonna put fish in the boat. So, Chuck, what else we got for him? Yes, tonight? they will, Nathan. Yeah, we was at a tournament uh, just watching the weigh-in. Um, 
me and a couple of friends of mine went up to Wheeler and the massingales were coming in that day that was probably three to five foot swells uh, Phil King had that Triton boat with like a three degree hull um, I think he ended up going back in a slough or something because it was just too rough for his boat well the massingales got up on the stage you know and they were holding I think it was a, a two lower 60 pound fish um, you know and the the promoter asked him, asked them, they said, uh, you know, how'd y'all do today? How'd y'all find the fish and all this? And they says, well, we was chasing them in and out of 35 to 40, 45 foot of water back and forth. And my two friends looked at me. They were bass fishermen. They go, how do these guys chase these fish back and forth to different depths of water? <laughs> you know, and... I still, to this day, I don't know what they were talking about, but it just totally blew these uh, bass fishermen's mind that these guys were actually able to tell that these fish were moving from 35 to 45 foot of water, and they were actually chasing these two fish down till they caught them. And uh, I told them that ain't exactly what they meant, but, uh, you know, it, it was just very funny. I when you when you was talking about the massingales, I just that just uh, came to my mind. They they uh, they can uh, fish. No yeah, those guys well. are great. They're they're great to fish with. Uh, I've been in the boat with them several times. We've we've of course been filming with them a lot and uh, just fun fishing. And they just they just pay attention to the details. And as as outdoorsmen, whether we're duck hunting, deer hunting, or cat fishing, the little details sometimes make all the difference uh, in the world on you know your success and how many you put in the boat. Yeah, they're uh, you know they're on fire no matter where they go, and you know by them putting out these uh, these techniques on video and sharing. Uh, things that they use to have such great success. I mean, it. This uh, video that I bought online from you, it has uh, paid for itself over, you know, ten times at least by just little bitty things that I'm picking up here and there by watching the greatest cat fishermen in the nation. Um, you know, you don't, you don't actually. You know, you're listening to the things they're saying, but if you just observe things that they do that they don't even talk about, um, I've just picked up on some things that, you know, Big Cat and um, you know, Phil King and the Massingales did, just watching and picking up the way they were handling stuff and working their baits and stuff. It really helped me a lot. Right. Yeah, and we hope that's what you know, to, to bring on the new video with some new ideas, uh, you know, kind of repeat some of the techniques just in different situations. If you'll see right here, I've got on this monitor here, there's Bill Dance, and he just boated a 55-pound uh, catfish. And uh, on this right here, he's fishing a, a current scene. It's it's just a little different. It, it shoots off of a point out on the river, and we just followed that scene right on down. Actually, uh, we had caught a one the same size in a tournament in that same hole. So uh, uh, we down here blow tunica on, on where he catches this one. So I was playing a little bit of it in the background. So y'all are getting the first sneak peek at the new video, actually. Well, that's great. Um, have you thought about uh, doing anything for television or anything like that in the near future? Well, here in Arkansas, on, in Jonesboro, on the ABC affiliate, we had a outdoor show going there. Um, we kept it going for probably five years on, on there and other TV stations. But uh, doing a weekly show is, is just so time-consuming. And, you know, we needed a sales person or two to go out and, and, you know, constantly sell commercials. And we just didn't have the pieces in place. We had the material as far as... We had, you know, duck hunting and deer hunting and cat fishing and crappie fishing. Uh, we just did it all, uh, and we did it on public ground, which 
you know, people really like to see because we wasn't always getting the, the monster bucks, but we got, you know, what most people uh, get to go hunt. Uh, so uh, they really liked that Mississippi River catfishing, though, because that was something new at the time. And, and, you know, that was all anchor fishing at the time, but we were still catching real big fish. And uh, But that was, you know, we've been involved in the weekly hunting and fishing show. Uh, but I'd rather do the DVD, you know, maybe take a little longer to film it, uh, and make it make it right, and then put it out there like that. Whereas, you know, when you're doing that weekly show, you don't have time to stop and make sure it's all, you know, right and looking good. You just kind of got to edit on the fly and hurry and get it out there. Uh, so Bill Dance is about the only. Uh special guest I would call it that you're going to have in your next video is there anybody else that's going to be involved in any of the scenes that is not a recognized cat fisherman that y'all have out in the boat or anything like that well I, you know George Young he's uh, him and Bill and Kerry Long they're the ones you know fishing in the boat that we're filming so those two guys will be new of course you know George is got this big tournament going to, you know, monsters on the Mississippi that will be coming up in about a year from now. So we're excited to have him and Kerry on there. And when you see them guys cut up with Bill, of course, Bill puts it on. My, I tell you what, Bill is a very good fisherman. And uh, he's catching pretty good fish. And George and Kerry's catching, you know, small ones. And, and he gives them a really hard time about that. He said, man, I could put that one in my sock. <laughs> I wouldn't even have caught that one. <laughs> uh, in, in your opinion, what's it going to take to get a uh, a nationally televised uh, show on WFN or something that's uh, t totally committed to catfishing that may show uh, different shows of going out with different catfishermen showing scenes, maybe tournament coverage? Um, you know, maybe going and showing some of the largest tournaments in the country and uh, keeping it going where, you know, you're getting a good, you know, so many episodes out, you know, 13 a quarter or whatever it is. Um, do you think that's very far off? Or do you think we'll ever get anything like that? Well, if you could find the right couple of companies that would be willing to you know, put the investment in there because the airtime is you know, very expensive. And then uh, just editing the shows and going out and shooting them and, of course, all the travel, you know, the cost of that. It takes a lot of time to, to put, you know, put a good show together. And, you know, we did it in a small crew. Uh, but you would need to, you know, you need a crew of, you know, maybe five to eight guys at minimum, I'd say, to do it justice. But you'd need the backing of some big companies out there to really kick in and, and make it you know, worthwhile so they could travel and get some good footage and, and actually have the editors there to put the time in to make the show look good, you know, put good soundtracks in the background, make it exciting like it is, like we all feel it is out on the water. It, sometimes that's hard to bring out on camera or on the screen. So... Uh, you just need to need to research that and, and get your good music to lay in the background and, and make sure you edit it where it's exciting. Yeah, I think it would be good. You know, I've, I've watched a lot of the shows. Um, you know, and the ones that really make it, you know, they, they throw in occasional, um, you know, special guests like, uh, you know, certain football coaches or country singers. Um, you know, like somebody get Hank Williams Jr. in the boat or, you know, somebody like that. And, and that's some really good entertaining there is when, you know, you get when you get these celebrities out, um, especially the ones that everybody likes, um, and you see them out doing what you love to do also. Yeah, absolutely. That does. That, it, it makes more people want to watch the show. And then just get their reaction on what it's like to tie into a good trophy-sized catfish. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah, um, I you know I think if somebody does get it started and they're able to get a, a a nice weekly show come out, you know, with with a good um the you know a good time would be you know they probably wouldn't be able to afford to do a prime time show or anything like that even on WFM. But if they could get it in some, in everybody's living room on a Saturday or Sunday morning. Um, you know, and, and everybody's just flicking through, and they see people catch big catfish. I think it will. Um, I think it would hit pretty big if um, if somebody got into that. Yes. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I see people at the gas station and stuff still, and you know, I'll pull up pumping gas with my tournament jersey on and. They're looking at my decals, uh, bottom dwellers decal and stuff, and they say, "You tournament catfish?" And I said, "Yeah, we we didn't know that. You know, we didn't know catfish had tournaments, and you know, people's just amazed that catfish tournaments are out there, and they've never even heard of it, and they've got to be interested because they sit there, even if you're late wherever you're going, you, you feel committed to sit there and talk to them about it." And they want to hear all about it. And they didn't even know uh, anything like this existed. Um, you know, just getting it out there for everybody's entertainment. Um, even if they didn't want to participate in them, um, a lot of people are just amused uh, about the size of the fish and people doing it competitively. Oh, absolutely. I, and I get that a lot too whenever I pull up at a gas station and they see the size of boat, and then you show them, hey, here's my hooks, and they're like, wow. And then you show them a picture where you're having to hold a fish, you know, cradling like this, and they're hooked before they even go, and you, you could just see it in their eyes. They'd love to do it, but they don't know where to start. Yeah, and, you know, you're, you're giving them Facebook pages and, you know, exchanging, uh, you know, you're getting their Facebook address, and they want to friend you right then, so they can start seeing your fish. And uh, you know, I've I've got people that I've met, I I couldn't even remember their name. I flicked through Facebook, and I'm like, where do I know them from? And I'm like, oh, I've I've, I've seen them so and so, and they just wanted to do a friend me so they could see my fish. And uh, I mean, it's great. Um, and we was at a weigh-in over at a local lake, and a guy came up and. Uh, said, I told you I was going to come to one of y'all's tournaments. I've been watching the schedule and, uh, you know, seeing the results and all this stuff. So he's following a local trail uh, just to see the big fish and uh, come to a tournament to watch the weigh-in just by meeting me one time at a gas station. I mean, it's pretty pretty cool how these guys just, um, you know, as soon as they find out about it. But getting the word out is the hard part, you know. If, if people's not on um, – social media um, or pick up a outdoor magazine here or there and see an article about big catfish and there's never anything about tournament fishing in these state magazines um, mostly it's just you know somebody doing an article on uh, reservoir fishing or river fishing or something like that but they're just amazed on the uh, competitive catfishing part okay Lyle that's about all I got you got anything else for him well, you know, you was talking about the guys questioning you the size of hooks and stuff when you see you at the at the gas station. One of the things that, pardon me, one of the things that I get a lot is when we pull up to some some place like that and people come over looking at things is they see them 16, 20, 24 ounce weights that we use on a Mississippi to Missouri and they think, holy crap, what do you do with that? But but we do use those big weights and stuff on, on the rivers a lot of times, especially in the, the spring when it's flooded and we're anchor fishing and things like that. And, uh, you know, they don't, they've never seen a 10-aught circle hook or a, or a 10-aught kale hook or, or, or Gamagatsu big river hook before. They don't, they have no idea they even made hooks that size. <laughs> so, you know, I, I understand. Yeah, when you show when you me when you show them a hook that you know guys in saltwater would use, and say I'm using them right here local on the river, you know they are amazed, and and many of them didn't have any idea, you know you could go out there and catch a fish like that unless you had a 
a net out or a big trot line or something. Well, you know, um, I have a good friend of mine that fishes uh, the Lake of the Ozarks in the winter time, and uh, he goes right up uh, to where the uh, fancy houses are and the high dollar cars and stuff, and he goes out there in the winter time and he catches them catfishing right in front of these people's houses, and and he's told me a number of times that then people will come out there and say, you know, if I knew there was fish like that in this lake, I would never let my kids and grandkids swim it. You know, they don't they don't have any idea that fish are in them waters. Right. Well, Brad, I, I think that we've covered about everything. Uh, you know, I appreciate you being on the show tonight. If there's some sponsors or people or anyone that you'd like to thank, we'll give you a few minutes to go over that. And, uh, and I, we do appreciate so much that you spend your time to be on Catfish Weekly with us. Well, I appreciate you having me on here. And, uh, yeah, I would like to mention some of my sponsors, uh, Sea Arc Boats. You know, they are doing so much in catfishing right now. Uh, they've been a sponsor of mine for a long time. We work a lot together. I shoot some videos for them, so we just have a great relationship together. But, guys, they are really listening to the catfishermen. Um, last fall, they had us down some, you know, the Massengill boys and some of us that are into the tournament fishing and the just the general catfishing in, in general. And they put some boats out there, and they wanted to know what changes, you know, we would make and add additions here and there. So, you know, they made a special attempt just to just to get some opinions on that. And they've made the changes. You know, they've moved the windshields forward on some of the boats like we were requesting, get a little bit more room behind the consoles. So they are, uh, they're doing a lot in catfishing too. Uh, and also, I have a company here in my hometown that uh, helps me a lot, and they build bad boy mowers. They've done a great job on, uh, on that industry. They build one tough lawnmower, and if they made anything in catfishing, I would be on it because it would be heavily <laughs> built and it would last. And I use Ram mounts. They've been really, really good. You know, I use them for my electronics. They, they're just good mounts, and they hold my cutting board. Uh, and also, uh, let's see here. Of course, Monster Rod Holders. He's in it. You know, he's a catfisherman himself. Uh, Steve Douglas, I like what he does on his rod holders. And guys, I'd just like to thank y'all. Y'all are kind of in the same business I'm in, and that's to help educate catfishing. And, uh, you know, if it's going to grow, it's going to be getting information out there. And I appreciate y'all just putting this weekly show together and getting guys on there that can explain these things and uh just better the sport, and y'all are doing a great job at it from what I've seen. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate the kind words from you. And, and uh, before before we get off, would would you give everybody the information one more time so they can order your video? Uh, and, folks, if, if you haven't seen Catfish and Dream Team, you need to get a hold of it and watch it. It is a great video. It's it's done very professionally, and it's got some of the top guys in the industry in it, and Brad has really done a good job putting this thing together. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, Brad, go ahead and give us the information to order that again. Okay. It's actionoutdoorsproducts.com. And I forgot to mention earlier, you can also do catfishingdreamteam.com, and they both go to the same website. And that'd be the easiest way to find us. So if you can remember catfishingdreamteam.com, it'll take you to our Action Outdoors page. And then you'll just see the buy it now, and it'll go through PayPal, and it's real simple to use. Or you can call us up on the phone. You know, We, we still work just like in the old days. We'll take phone orders, too. <laughs> you know, if you're not real savvy with the computer, my wife's standing by and, and ready all times. <laughs> well, that's outstanding. Well, listen, thanks again, Brad, for being on the show. And uh, you know, we we get this video out and get it going. Uh, give me a shout. We'll try to get you back on here, and we'll talk about it some more once it's all said and done. If you're interested in doing that, and 
and uh, we really appreciate you being with us tonight. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Keep up thanks. the good work. Okay, thank you. All right, Chuck, what do you got for closing statements tonight? Um, we got a tournament on uh, Cabela's tournament on Gun Gunnersville Lake up on the Tennessee River, and I want to encourage everybody who can make it up. And um, you know, if you can't fish it, you know, come hang out, watch the weigh-in. Um, you know, we need to try to get these tournaments, especially in Alabama, as recognized as possible. We're not getting turnouts that we deserve. Um, you know, in a lot of these trails, um, the promoters are not going to be allowed to come back, you know, by the, especially their title sponsors and stuff. They're not uh, getting their return of investment. So, you know, if we're going to uh, get this sport going where it needs to be in Alabama, we, we would like, you know, to try to have some really good turnouts, um, you know, and so these guys can see, you know, we want to come back to Gunnersville Lake. We want to come back to Lay Lake and, uh, you know, somewhere affordable for us to drive instead of having to travel to the uh, to the areas that have the good events. Um, you know, I like being able to go to these close to my house. So the if we can get a good uh, we can get a good showing at Gunnersville, maybe they'll come back and do another one next year. Well, that's that's what everybody needs that wants to participate in catfish tournament. That's a great lake to fish on. There's a lot of big fish going to be caught down there, and they got a pretty good payout. So, you know, if you're interested in fishing a tournament this weekend, you don't have one already set up, get down there and join Chuck. He'd love to see you down there. I have a couple things that I'm going to get on a soapbox about, and I'm probably going to step on some toes, but, uh, you know, that's kind of how I roll. So first thing I'm going to say is I've been seeing some advertisements online about trot line and jug line tournaments. I don't know where these guys are sneaking out from underneath the woods, but from my perspective, and this is my own opinion, these are just glorified uh, commercial fishermen that's trying to get people to do stuff so that they'll get off of them. Uh, I'm very much against that and very disappointed that these websites let these people promote these, these things on their pages. Another thing that I am very upset with, and I work very closely with the Missouri Department of Conservation. I have done a lot of stuff for them. I've been told for two years that we're doing surveys on the Mississippi River to determine if we need regulations to, uh, like the 34-inch rule and slot limits and stuff. And uh, you know, I have no word of anything that's happening. And the way that we get results on this, people, is start sending them emails in, and I'm going to give you an email address to briancannaday at mdc.mo.gov and ask him where the surveys are at, where the regulations are at, if they can put them on Lake Ozark and Trubin, they can put them on the rivers. The tournament that we go to the weigh-ins have dropped in the last five years dramatically. And, and there's no question that we need these regulations on those rivers. And the reason for that is there's more fit people fishing now than there ever was before. And the technology with the new depth finders and boats and motor and all the stuff is so much better than it ever was before. These guys are finding these fish and they're not ever putting them back and, and these commercial guys are cleaning these holes out, especially in the wintertime, and, and we need to get some regulations done. So contact Brian and ask him why aren't we getting anything done. That's the only way we're going to get this done. Uh, over the weekend we fished a tournament. Uh, Twisted Cat Outdoors had their year-end classic. Uh, in Grafton, Illinois, we really had a great time. Got to fish with Chris Cordy. I haven't fished with Chris for a long time. The thing that I wanted to tell you guys about is we had a couple of guys come up from Evansville, Indiana. Uh, Zed and Josh Moore come up and took all of our money back to Indiana with them. Bless their hearts. They're some really outstanding young men. Done a really good job on water they'd never seen before. Um, Really good guys. We're going to try to get them set up to be on the show with us maybe next week if, if they can get everything lined out. 
these are, are guys that are starting out, come to new water, and won the tournament. I mean, they've got it going on for a couple of young guys. Very proud to know them. They're, they're good guys. So uh, when you see Zed and Josh, tell them good job because they've done a good job. At this tournament, this uh, Chris Jenkins was his first tournament. He fished it with his brother. Never been to a tournament before. Drove up and fished Grafton. Uh, was really good to see Chris. Them guys had a lot of fun. They're hooked on tournament catfishing. I visited with him just a slight bit online today. Uh, he's ready to get in the monsters. He fished one tournament. He's going to Owensboro to fish with Aaron Wheatley. I mean, you can't beat a deal like that. Uh, Chance Hinky and his partner. I'm sorry, I don't know what his partner's name is. Never fished a tournament before. Second place. Now, these guys, and I'm one of them that sit out here and go to a lot of tournaments throughout the years, these guys are coming in here and, and kicking tail and taking names. Now, we're going to have to step it up. These boys are coming up here meaning business, and I am so glad to see these young guys come into catfishing. You know, they, they don't have to come fish with us. They could bass fish or crappie fish or whatever they want to do, but they want to catch these big catfish, and they're doing it. They're making it happen. They're making all of us proud. So when you see these guys, congratulate them. They're doing an outstanding job. And, boys, we are so glad to have all of you in, in with catfishing. And thank you guys for coming to the tournament. And I'm looking forward to seeing each and every one of you down the road some more. Uh, you have anything else, Chuck? No, that's it for me. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us tonight. See you next week.